Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. All of y'all have seen the like, what's my Roman Empire thing going around on social media recently? Like, what's the thing that you are always thinking about? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I found a spin on it that I really like. What is the coat or jacket from a piece of media that you have weirdly fixated on? Like from like comics or movies or TV or video games. What's like a coat or jacket that you like a lot? That's so specific. Oh, yeah. I know. Good. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's coats from Dogma. Okay. Okay. I, instantly, I, I've looked <laughs> online to buy those coats. Oh my God. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, mine is Kim Kitsuragi's jacket from Disco Elysium. He's got this like orange bomber jacket that's like really cool looking and I just love it so much. Yeah. Their coats in Dogma um, are like kind of woolen pea coats, but they have colorful hoodies built into them. So there's a hood coming out the back and like a little bit of sleeve, but it's all one piece. <laughs> I don't. I guess Joseph's Technicolor dream coat. I don't. <laughs> Is that a real thing? I, I'm not. And yellow and I know the and name. I always assumed it was a metaphor. <laughs> Is it a real coat? Oh yeah, it's a coat. <laughs> oh. Some poor costume designer has to create or rent every time that show is done. <laughs> yep. I will be looking for all of the colors named in that song. Oh, God. Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't think no, I have an answer to this one. No, you don't have one? Wow, I have like at least five. I, I'm sure there's something more significant than this, but this is the only one that's coming to mind straight away. Um, Dirk Gently's yellow motorcycle jacket from... Dirk Gently's uh, oh, yeah. I actually do have a yellow moto jacket mm. similar because I was like, oh, that's such a good look. <laughs> Man, I love coats and outerwear, but I can't think of like a fictional character specifically that I want. Like mm. there are plenty of coats that I am always on the lookout for. Yeah. Maybe Bane's coat from Ooh, Dark Knight Rises. No. That's, that's a, a good, good coat. one. That is a good that's coat. That's a good coat. Uh, I know at least one for you, Jake, is while we were going through all the seasons of Chuck, you're like, love that coat, love that coat for like a lot of the ones he had. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, they were still fairly mundane, but that's very <laughs> specific coat. I've looked and it doesn't exist anymore. They don't oh. sell it anymore. I actually, yeah, I did a lot of research. I I got Taylor in on this. I like recruited people to help me track down that coat from that season of Chuck. And got a Taylor involved. Yeah. <laughs> and they, it does not exist. Mm. It's huh. like, you're not able to get it anywhere um does a does a coat from a book count yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely any piece of media rev's got my back on this one um Mm. the uh night side (laughs) 
that. He, he knows. Knows. was like nodded so knowingly. No, no, I know exactly I know, where he's going. I know it, it was an affirmation, but I wasn't looking at him, so it just sounded like a. <laughs> hmm, we'll see about we'll that. See. <laughs> no, the uh, the Nightside books by Simon R. Green. Um, the the protagonist has this pristine white trench coat. That's always, you know, spoken of uh, throughout the books. Yeah, and it's like self-cleaning. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the only way that you could have a white trench coat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard this question before, but in the context of ladies ask your man what his, you know, top fictional coat that he wants. And if his answer is the coat, Ryan Gosling's coat from Drive, (laughs) that's a red flag. It's not. It's a bad one. Don't say that one. I have not seen Drive, nor have I seen Baby Driver, and I always confuse the two whenever people talk about them. (laughs) <laughs> well, one of them is a prequel to the other one. Is where it he's, really? Where he's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is Ryan Gosling the baby driver? Because like he's just new to it. <laughs> I, I, love, I love how much you believe that for me. Is it really? <laughs> and then taxi drivers, once he's done with all of that, just needed a regular. Oh. <laughs> I don't know the difference between those two movies. At this point, I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> baby driver is excellent. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the only one I've movie. seen. It's a okay. great movie. It's an Edgar Wright movie so okay he's he rules he's very stylistic one of them is about a coat and one of them is about a soundtrack yes yeah that's that's fair i haven't even seen drive but i know that (laughs) the coat is the only thing i've ever heard about it oh i assume they're both about people driving cars well technically i mean yes technically (laughs) yes but that's really that's just the surface sure sure you gotta look below yeah to the coat to the coat or the soundtrack or the soundtrack In all the times he's been spotted coming back, has anyone seen where it starts? As you ask that question, you hear a little bit of the patter of rain start to fall on the roof of the church, and you see Antonio look up, yeah, Bronze Chapel. You hear another roll of thunder and the whinny of a horse somewhere in the distance, and Antonio, you know, he's been holding that cloth and that cup, like, that he was polishing, but he drops them both, and in the hand that had the rag in it, is a gun. I suspect those questions are going to have to wait. You take your moment to line up this shot and you fire and you hear the plink of metal on metal as you strike the axe and it is jolted off course and lodges itself in a tree along the side of the road. But in the time you had to take to line up that shot, you weren't paying attention to this collapse next to you and a fresh piece of timber falls off this building (laughs) and kind of swings down and cracks you in the chest knocks you off your horse too. (laughs) I want to Climb up on blueberry milk and see if I can't use this world's version of telekinesis to call the axe to me. You try to call the axe to you and it dislodges from the tree and starts flying in your direction. And as it does, you hear that cackle from the horseman and you realize that you are not the one sending it in your direction. And this axe buries itself in your chest. Megan, the horseman's axe has come tearing through the air and blasted you center mass. Oh, I think I just slump off my horse. Like, he just keeps running and I just cannot, cannot keep myself righted. Well, let's find out because I'm going to have you roll the harm move here. Okay. So this is going to be lethal harm. Fair. (laughs) The harm is being caused by an arrow or a blade. Uh, So you will take a plus two to this. So you are rolling plus body plus two. I have a negative one body, so it's plus one. That math seems to math, yes. Oh, okay. That's I rolled an 11, so 12. Okay. On a 10 plus, the harm is but a scratch or a bruise. <laughs> Whoa! 
but you cannot act for a moment. What does the um, quantifier of the level of harm indicate? Like uh, lethal harm or non-lethal harm? Just one of them will kill you, one of them won't? Non-lethal harm basically just like heals pretty okay after some time passes or maybe like a little bit of medical attention. Lethal harm needs to be tended to, will get worse if you don't, uh, and can ultimately kill you. Oh, I see. And the... In the results for a fail or a seven to nine, the results are different depending on Correct. which but, type of harm it was. But okay. on a full success, it's the same because you've yeah. succeeded. So okay. Megan really said empath take the wheel and just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I forget to tell you I was wearing this like breastplate underneath my vest? Or <laughs> is it that it's Damien's uh, vest in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what happens here by fucking sheer luck is that the angle that axe comes in on is the same as the leather strap of your quiver across your chest and the blade just catches the leather strap and it acts as armor like it hurts it creates basically a big seat belt bruise on you but it does not actually lodge itself in you i think i do still fall off my horse though from the impact that's fair uh i want to pull it out of <laughs> my chest strap here uh and how heavy is this axe in my hands? <laughs> it is quite heavy, um, like heavier than you would expect an axe or even like a sledgehammer to be. It feels like it's like 40 pounds probably. Oof. Uh, and even as you try to lift it and move it, like regardless of how heavy it is, you can feel a pull from it like it is trying to escape you. Oh, okay. I want to grab it by the end of the handle and try to like start swinging it around in a circle. Okay, give me a strength roll. Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you pick the axe up and try to start swinging it around, and uh, you get like one rotation before it is ripped from your grasp, and it actually yanks you off your feet face down into this now mucky red kind of clay-like dust that you know Bronze Chapel is notorious for, and it flies through the air and back into the horseman's hand. So to our perception... An axe is just whipped through the air, hit Megan in the chest. She's fallen off the horse, stood shakily trying to pick it up, is launched off of her feet again, and is now in the rain, the dark, and the lightning, covered in red. <laughs> yes, Tass, what would you like to do with this, with this knowledge, with this information? I think in just absolute confusion and terror that my friend is just dead over there, I am shrieking and just full gun shooting at the horseman. All right, give me a shoot roll, uh, and this is going to be opposed by his ride. Take minus one. Ten. Okay. A few of these shots connect, and you hear that familiar hiss. You see, like, steam rising from the wounds, and the horse rears back. As the horse rears back, I want to fire off a shot of force and see if I can knock it backwards once it's up on two legs. All right. Roll to go weird. Uh, I think this is at weird level five because you are trying to affect... A creature the size of a horse. Mm. Um, I don't think this one is opposed by his ride because he's not currently paying you any mind. Like, he wouldn't be watching you to try to evade you. Okay. So, yeah, I think just go weird at level five. Eight. All right. You fire your shot, and this pulse of force launches forward and knocks the horseman out of the saddle into the muck. But uh, you aren't properly braced for, like the backlash of your own shot, and it also rockets you just backwards into the swinging bell. Oh, and no. And you, uh, you crack your head. You're going to take a minus one forward. Okay. Um, does he take any harm from that? I only ask because if he does, everybody 
else gets plus one to body rolls against him. He doesn't seem to have taken harm. Uh, So far, it seems like the only things that hurt him are holy energies. You have affected him with magic in the past, and like physical things and magic things do clearly physically affect him, Mm -hmm. but they do not seem to hurt him. Does the benefit with magic here seem to be that like I was able to push him when theoretically he might have been incorporeal? Like once he caught his axe, did he go back to like his normal kind of shifty form but the magic is able to affect him when he's that way or yeah it seems like your magic has been able to affect him regardless of like his corporeality Mm -hmm. Mm. it's the name of our next album kim from the ground uh amid this pile of broken building what do you want to do all right i've had the ability to plant visions into the minds of creatures before in this universe. Now, the horseman has no head, but he clearly is able to see and perceive things, to my knowledge. Uh, So I want to try to see if I can distract him, assault his senses. I want to implant visions of the Chicago that I came from, a huge, bustling, loud city full of technology he probably doesn't understand. This is how it all gets created. (laughs) (laughs) This is what sets him on his path of fury and murder in future Chicago. At some point he gets summoned there and he's like, I remember this. I hate it. I hated it so much. I think this is going to be going weird at level five. Seven. All right. You see both the horseman and the horse start to thrash a bit. Uh, currently separated as they are, the uh, the jack-o'-lantern head gets dropped on the ground and the body is kind of like scrambling. But I think this vision also overtakes you. You too are experiencing like the sensations and the sights of a bustling city around you. Uh, And so you have momentarily lost track of your allies and your genuine surroundings. Currently, it's just you and the horseman. Makes sense. You all hear a series of shots ring out as Sharpshot runs down the roof of the church, just firing indiscriminately at the horseman as if trying to lay down cover for all of you. And uh, he just kind of drops and slides off the roof and lands on his feet in the dirt and takes cover around the corner of one of the buildings. Megan, you can see that he is taking up position fairly close to you. And you hear him, hey, you all right? I'll wipe the mud out of my eyes and shake my hands out to try and get it off my face. Uh, I'm alive. He reaches out and like scruffs you and just drags you back around the corner of this building too so that you are not still out in the street with the horseman. Do you have a plan? Keep shooting it with holy bullets and or wait until dawn. That's all the plan ever is. Okay, uh, I'll see if I can't get some shots in and I will draw a blessed arrow and try and get the horseman in my sights. All right, give me a shoot roll. Take a plus two on this. One from the advantage Kim is currently creating with the visions in its head, uh, and one from the advantage that Sharpshot has been laying down covering fire. Fantastic. Seven. You fire an arrow and lodge it in the horseman who is still thrashing about, and you hear that sizzle, that hiss, uh, as the arrow seems to actually pass clean through him, but leave this smoke and steam as it does. Uh, But one of the mixed success consequences is that you are put in danger or must reload. Um, I mean, you're always kind of reloading for a bow and arrow. I think what happens is your bowstring snaps. Oh, no! And you will have to repair it before you can keep shooting. Rev, up in the tower, there is another flash of lightning, and as the light subsides, 
Cam is perched on the windowsill of the bell tower with you. I scream. (laughs) (laughs) You fall backwards out of the tower. uh, Roll harm. He falls backwards, hits his head on the bell again. And then falls forwards and trips out of the tower. Cam's like, got another one. (laughs) It just takes my soul away. (laughs) Yeah, why why do you think I'm here? Oh, no! Cam says, uh, sorry, I'm a little bit late. It's okay. Um... Him, the, the the horseman down there, do you read anything off of him? Like, is he a soul? He looks down, and you can see, like, sort of a rapid dilation of his eyes. Like he's zooming in, almost. And he gasps. Uh, yes and no. He's, I mean, he's not a ghost. He passed on. He did pass on. And then he's here now anyway. What is that? He's like something that was accidentally summoned back, maybe corrupted by the world. I'm not quite sure. We're trying to figure out how to get him to go away because he gets, like, dissipated, destroyed, whatever, and he comes back. Cam says, uh, I I don't know. He's unlike anything I've ever seen before. When you say dissipated... Like, right now they're shooting at him and they've got enchanted holy bullets. And at some point he just kind of vanishes isn't the right word, but like a dandelion, just poof. Okay, um, I mean, if you can get him there, I might be able to snatch him at that point and send him back where he belongs. Okay, okay. You stay here, keep a lookout for something you think you can carry away. I'll be back. And I'm going to start running down the stairs. Okay. You trip and fall and all yeah. the way. <laughs> and he carries me away. That's a serious wrap on Rev to Shane. We get back and Landara's like, I kept him alive in so many worlds. You <laughs> took him to one. You're all fired. That's funny. I was thinking about that the other day of like Rev's panic being on a team with all of you versus Landara. And it's like, I imagine that like Rev can play an instrument. And Landara leads the band, and you're all more like playing jazz. It was like improvised. I'm like, I don't know. Where should I come in here? Where's the conductor? Yeah, before she was like, now go, now go. And you guys like, yeah, just feel it and play. I'm like, oh, God. Rob's like, I feel so like less safe. <laughs> That's how I feel in jazz clubs. <laughs> you run down the stairs of the bell tower. Where are you headed? What are you doing? I want to head outside and... Pass this on to everybody that like, yeah, hey, Cam is is here. Let's try to see if we can break this guy apart. He might be able to help. Okay. Uh, yeah, you pass through that bedroom. Um, and I think you notice that like the bed is kind of out of place from where it was when you originally came in here. And you can see that a little bit of like a, like a seam in the ground is exposed as if there is a hatch there. Oh, okay. But yeah, you run out the door and down the aisle of the church out the front. And uh, you can see... Hiding around a corner just next door are Megan and Sharpshot, Tass and Kim on the opposite side of this thoroughfare. Uh, I'm one to lay down covering fire as I come out and just yell, if you've got it, use it now. Sharpshot yells out, why? You got a plan? Yep. Can you elaborate? I don't know. Can he hear things when you say them out loud? I look at Sharpshot. He knows what he's talking about. Trust him. You just said you were going to trust me. You got me there, pal. (laughs) And he jumps out from around the corner, two guns raised, and just starts blasting at the horseman. Hell yeah, you heard the man. Cross the streams, and I'm going to start shooting. All right, give me a shoot roll. Hi. Uh, with a plus one from Sharpshot's assistance. Okay. All right, there's been a lot of ones rolled today, but not very many 16s. Whoa. Oh, wow. Wow. How do you get that high on two dice? Two sixes plus three to shoot and a plus one for the uh, distraction. Hey, also, fuck you. (laughs) There's been a lot of real bad fuck-ups tonight, but nobody's been as good as me. (laughs) All right, your bullets sizzle and hiss as they make impact, and uh, the flailing body of the horseman finally finds purchase on the reins of the horse, 
and yanks himself back up into the saddle. Kim, you see this from the perspective of a Chicago city street. You see the horseman flailing, and he gets hands on the rein and gets back into the saddle, uh, and you can see, like, as if he's in pain, as if he's taking damage, but you do not see the source. Looking down, do I still have all my gear on me? You do. Okay. As he's getting onto his horse, I want to pull out my lasso and see if I can just catch him and drag him off of the horse again. All right. Give me a rope roll. Seven. You throw your lasso around the horseman and it cinches taut around his arms. And you know how he's kind of like, he's kind of phasing, you know, he's in and out of tangibility. It's like he wasn't tangible at the instant that the rope solidified and then became tangible. And it's like it's stuck inside of him. Oh, gross. And he is bound. But for the moment, you are being dragged along as his horse starts to move. (laughs) Megan, you see Sharpshot and Tass firing at the horseman. You also see Kim move forward and throw a lasso around him. And she's moving like kind of similarly to the way he was, like not totally aware of her surroundings. And then she's being dragged along by the lasso around his person. Oh, don't like that. Uh, I'm going to toss my bow to the side uh, since it's not functional at the moment and just reach behind me and grab a handful of arrows uh, and step out into the clearing. I want to try to go weird and hit him with these arrows using my mind. Fuck, that's good. That's That's very cool. Uh, Again, this is causing harm to a creature the size of a horse, considering they are sort of one and the same. So this is going to be at weird level five. But again, I don't think this one's going to be opposed by his ride because he is not mentally present where you are. Like he doesn't know about you right now. That's a five. All right, Marker Grit, you launch this volley of arrows at him, and at the last possible moment, he brings his axe up and deflects the one that was going to impact him. And you can tell in an instant that whatever haze he was in, he has snapped out of. Kim, the same is true for you. In this moment, you come to, you are no longer just the two of you in a Chicago street. You are back in Bronze Chapel. Sharpshot calls out to the group of you, over the thunder and the rain. Y'all seemed a little uncertain. Is he bound to the cross or not? I don't think we know for sure. There's definitely a connection there, but bound is a tricky word. I don't I don't know. Definitely drawn to. Are we going to be able to get rid of him for good while it's still around? I love the preacher, but not enough to let him keep that if it's going to cost people their lives. If there's even a chance, I'm with you on this. Is there any... Always goes back to this. I got a good sense of what the horseman smelled like yeah his magic was that on the cross as well you recall you could smell this on the horseman and then way off in the distance to the east you could barely get a hint of it there as well yes they are i think they're connected i thought that what i was smelling before i I could smell the horseman in the distance i thought maybe that was where he had like respawned but i think it was the cross antonio says you guys are weird talking about smell and stuff i wish i could disagree with you <laughs> let's try this first before we jump to that as a last resort if we can get rid of the horseman without destroying the cross we should try but we know that's how ghosts work they've got an item something they're connected to there's a connection between them i just turn and run and over my shoulder yell to antonio i'll make sure that you're not the one that has to do this to him and i run into the church no this is a different world we don't know that that's exactly how ghosts work here if we can do this if cam can take him if we can find another way to break this let's try that first 
I think I would be yelling that like as Tass is running towards the church, like knowing that like he has this resolve to destroy the cross if it's going to stop this situation. I I think this is our first PvP move here. So influence exists as a player versus player move. When you try to get another player character to do what you want by commanding, intimidating, or charming him, roll plus soul plus the appropriate skill. Subtract the target character's soul plus nerve. You may choose to roll plus bond instead if it is fictionally appropriate. So, Megan, I think you can either roll plus soul plus command, or you can roll plus your bond with Tass. I think it would be my bond with Tass. I don't think this is much of a command of holding any sort of, like, like, I don't feel like I hold any sort of authority over him, but I am appealing to his desire to help people and not just in the way of saving them. Like, he he always wants to try to go the extra mile to, like, make sure people are taken care of, not just safe. And that's what I'm trying to appeal to in this moment. Okay. And you are going to subtract Tass's soul plus nerve. Tass, what is your soul plus nerve? One. All right, so subtract one from your roll. Eight. So on a 10 plus, if the target character's player chooses to comply, they take one grit. On a 7 to 9, if the target character's player chooses to comply and demands payment or a promise, they take one grit. So Tass, you always have the option to not choose to comply, but you could earn some grit if you do. God, I think I slow down, like I stop at the door, you know, hand on it, looking over my shoulder at her. I may not have to destroy it. I know it's a long way away, but we got three magic users here. Can you get me to the train? Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll get you to the train and we'll... Do our best to take him out on the way there. I nod and run in. Okay. Take a grit for choosing to comply. Okay. And uh, as you head inside, Sharpshot peels off from this fight and follows. Yeah. Sharpshot, please don't go. (laughs) You're the only one who's got a holy weapon. Come back. He, uh... (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) The two guys with the holy guns left. Don't leave me here. (laughs) He, uh... He uh, unslings the <laughs> rifle that's on his back and just tosses it to you as he goes. What did I tell you about guns and magic? <laughs> I catch it and then drop it and then pick it back up. <laughs> Kim, you are water skiing behind the horseman cool. uh, as you are dragged along, uh, lasso in hand. I mean, I do imagine you're like on your feet, like kind of sliding through the muck as opposed to just face down in the dirt. And down the way, you see Tass head back into the church. Uh, followed a minute later by Sharp Shot. The rest of your group's still out here. What do you want to do? I'm going to pull out my holdout pistol and try to shoot the horseman. I'm not really trying to harm him, mostly trying to get him to, like, phase again so I could maybe get my lasso back. Interesting. Okay. I think this will still be a shoot roll, though. Yeah, that's fair. Nine. All right. You fire your shot, and you see the bullet pass through the horseman, and as it does... Your lasso comes loose, and you are no longer being dragged along. Fantastic. But you notice that uh, the angle at which you had to level your little holdout pistol, rain got into the barrel. You suspect that the gun might be wet inside, and it might need a little tending to before you would be able to use it again. Fine by me. Uh, I'm going to whistle for Virgil and try and see if I can get some distance away from this guy. All right. Virgil comes thundering over, and you are able to grab onto the reins and hop up into the saddle. Cool, I'm going to start riding back towards my friends. Okay. Uh, It is the same direction that the horseman's headed. So are you just trying to, like, race him there, or are you going to try and cut a different path? 
oh boy, I'm going to try to influence him again. I'm going to try to put him back in freaking Chicago. Okay, roll to go weird again. Uh, And this time I think it will be opposed. That's totally reasonable. Yeah, he is ready for you. Uh, So it's going to be opposed by his own weirdness. So an additional minus two to this roll. Seven. All right, you are able to put him under again. But as you do, and you know that he loses track of his surroundings again, you realize that he's just going to keep barreling on his path. So I want you to make a choice. Does that path lead through Rev or does that path lead through Megan? Well, if it runs through Rev and my manager, I don't have to give him that 10% anymore. (laughs) All right. You make a very enterprising call. I have a skill in business. (laughs) (laughs) Rev, you see the horseman just thundering directly towards you in a straight line. What do you want to do? I see this running at me. I think I I want to channel my magic through Sharpshot's gun uh, and fire at the horse and the rider uh, and, and... Hit them with the force at the same time as the holy bullet to see if I can stop this from running over me. Uh, Roll to go weird at level five. Okay. I think you would take a minus one from this being opposed by his ride, but I think you're going to take a plus one for using sharp shots gun. So that'll just level out. Okay. Just a go weird at five. Go weird at what? Five. That's funny because that's what I rolled. Oh, wow. (laughs) Neat. Agreed. Uh, Take a grit. Okay. I mean, at least it's non-lethal, I assume. Trampling. A horse trample? (laughs) Trampling damage. That's how Mufasa died. (laughs) (laughs) It was more than one, though. It took a lot. Uh, Yeah, it's a hard call. Uh, Falling off a cliff is lethal. Falling off a horse is non-lethal. Horse horse falling on you. Yeah. You are too slow to get this shot off, and the horse just (laughs) runs you over. Um, roll, uh, Roll for harm. I think this is... God, is this lethal or is this non-lethal? <laughs> Some good arguments have been made for it to be lethal. <laughs> I don't. I hate for it to be lethal, but the Mufasa argument got me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll call this lethal harm. Yeah. Um, all those antelopes weren't even wearing horseshoes. No. Mm-mm. And but there uh, was a lot of wildebeest. Yeah. They don't. Uh, they don't have horse trample in the list of like. Harm modifiers, which is interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up there with like revolver or rifle. So take a plus one. Roll a plus body plus one for your harm. And uh, if it helps at all, mm-hmm. everybody's currently got a plus one ongoing to body rolls against him because of the latest shoot roll. So oh, okay, add a one to this. Ten. Nice. Okay, the against harm against all odds. The harm <laughs> is but a scratch or a bruise, but you cannot act for a moment. You are just you are trampled silly and yeah. you're a little bit <laughs> you're a little bit confused. I imagine the mud absorbs a lot of it. Like I'm just pushed <laughs> you get, into the mud. You sink into the earth. <laughs> you get you get like buried. Yeah. He gets up and there's just a rev shaped imprint in the ground. <laughs> and then a horseshoe shaped imprint on my chest. <laughs> Megan, what are you up to? Uh, probably getting set up with my horse here. Um, am I... <laughs> okay. Is there any way that I can jump on blueberry milk and head over to where Kim and the horsemen were before and retrieve the arrows that did not hit him and that he did not swing uh, an axe at? Sure. That sounds like a ride roll to me. Eleven. Yep. You are able to ride by and uh, lean over and snatch up your arrows. One of them is a little bit blunted from where he deflected it with the axe, but they are all still intact. Cool. Then I will swing back around uh, to my friends, try and get everyone situated for when Tass gets back here. Okay. Tass, inside, you run back 
to that back room, and as you enter, you can see the sleeping quarters and a bed that is a little bit askew uh, and the edge of a hatch beneath it. Yep, I'm going to drag everything out of the way, open up that hatch, and make my way down as fast as I can. You hop down into the cellar, and uh, you open the hatch, and you can hear praying. And you hop down into the cellar, and Father Harrison turns with a start to face you. He is kneeling at like a little makeshift kind of altar, uh, holding the silver cross in both hands, and was reciting a prayer. Is it over? It's not. It's going rough. I need your help very quickly. Uh, Answer some questions. Don't think too hard about it. First thought, best thought. Do you like steak or chicken? Uh, steak. Ale or wine? Ale. Is a trinket more important to you or setting things right? Setting things right. I need the cross. Ooh. You got me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you. Okay. I think this is going to be an influence. Doesn't seem like intimidating. Doesn't seem like charming. This seems like commanding. But I'll give you a plus one for being clever with your uh, setup. Oh, thanks. So- When you try to get somebody to do what you want by commanding, intimidating, or charming him, describe what you say and do, and roll plus soul plus whichever of those abilities. Uh, Fame or infamy may be used instead of soul plus skill if fictionally appropriate. Uh, You do have fame, but I don't know that it's fictionally appropriate here. Yeah, that's fair. Although, I mean, you are famous for defeating the horsemen in a different town, so maybe it is fictionally appropriate. I don't know. Would you have interest in using your fame? As opposed to soul? As opposed to soul plus skill. Yeah. Yeah. Why, what, what is your soul plus command? Uh, that would be a negative one. Okay, and your fame would be a plus one. Yeah, you could use your fame on this instead. Yes. I'll. Hey, hey, GM, I'll take it. Yeah, and it came <laughs> up in conversation that we encountered him once and, and dealt with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Roll it. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, seven. Oof. Whoo. I am shaking seeing that five roll out of that tray. Okay, on a seven and nine, the person complies, unless the GM thinks it is fictionally inappropriate. (laughs) The person will also demand payment or a promise. Father Harrison, again, clutches the silver cross tight in both hands and pulls it close to him away from you. And Sharpshot hops down the hatch behind you. And Father Harrison says, Antonio, they, they want to take the cross. And Sharpshot says, I know, Padre. We need to. And uh, Father Harrison just starts shaking his head a little bit, like in disbelief. If what I have in mind works, I'll be bringing this right back to you. I can't make you a promise, but I'm going to try to keep this safe and bring it back. I am not sure I could bring myself to destroy one anyway. There's some old religious trauma. That's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. But the point is, I want to keep this safe for you and get this done, okay? But I, I have to take it. He... Looks again at Antonio with pleading eyes. And Antonio says, You have to trust him. We've both suffered a lot at the hands of the horsemen. It's taken its toll on each of us, but if we have the opportunity, even at our own expense, to end this, we have to. Do you remember when I confessed to you because I was so overwhelmed with my anger at the horsemen? And I asked, Is not anger one of God's deadly sins? Do you remember what you said to me? And uh, Father Harrison's brow furrows, and he says, Is not justice one of his cardinal virtues? And Antonio says, Don't let your fear stand in the way of justice. And Father Harrison looks at you, Tass, and a tear wells up in his eye, but he nods and he hands you the cross. I take it, and I'm already moving as I say thank you, and I'm bolting back up. Sharpshot follows, and you hear the quiet sobbing of Father Harrison getting quieter as you sprint from the church.
The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. When Kilner accepted the job of smuggling escaped heiress Samantha Trapp across the galaxy, she expected the job to be over and done with quickly. But now, they're stuck with each other, and they have a job to do. Think of Automnicon as a sort of student loan company. You take a loan from them, and then they own you until you've paid it off with interest. So all I have to do is pay off my debt? Fine, I can do that. How much do I owe? 900,027 credits. And counting. You're stuck here, with me, to work it off. We Fix Space Junk is a sci-fi sitcom from Battlebird Productions, featuring Travelling by Cryo. Don't worry if you feel like you're drowning. That's perfectly normal. Wait, what? Aliens from across the galaxy. Greetings, visitors. Is that popcorn? Hello, Your Excellency. AIs. Dad, how do I do air? You're already doing it automatically. Calm down. And, of course, thrilling and exciting missions in outer space. Hello, valued employees. Here are the details for your next exciting mission. You will be repairing a device redacted in or at the location redacted we fix space junk is available on apple podcasts google play spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts subscribe consume integrate indoctrinate assimilate degenerate Watch your body decay into a faceless husk as your mind floats aimlessly in space.